Hey everyone, this is Let's Get Practical with Daryl Girardier, and today we're starting a three-part series on what to look for in an online giving platform. Let's do this. Welcome to Let's Get Practical. This podcast is about church communications from a practical standpoint. It's about what works and what doesn't. It's about helping you cut through all the noise and clutter and getting straight to the point. And today we're getting straight to the point about what to look for in an online giving platform. And this is part one of a three-part series that we're going to be doing on online giving platforms. If you uh, would look at the landscape, if you will, of church software companies or church online platforms that are being developed and being marketed to you, you'll probably notice a rise and aggressiveness in the amount of companies that are looking to help you take ties, giving, offering, whatever you want to call it, online. Uh, via mobile devices, desktop, text to give, all those different various ways to make that happen for you, you'll notice more and more of these companies are getting into this business. And obviously, they're getting into it because it's a lucrative business that when you start doing fees and so forth, you know, when you start taking little pieces of everybody's tithe, they can add up to be quite a big chunk of money. And so the reality is, is you really have a plethora of options that are on the the market here and so you start to start to ask yourself you know at the end of the day who's the best which one do you go with so i'm going to walk you through some of the things that i've experienced i've spent gosh six months researching this and looking through this uh, helping my church figure out where they're going to go and where where you know where we're going to officially land on it so i talked to a bunch of different companies had a really great experiences with some not so great experiences with others but i really had got really kind of immersed myself in this world to figure out what really is the best choice for us and hopefully give you some a framework, if you will, for what could work for you as you kind of try to think through online giving and, you know, really what kind of works for you in terms of that platform and, and what you can do in that area. So the, the reality of it is, is when you get down to the, a lot of these online giving platforms, you're going to start noticing something that they're going to all kind of have basically the same feature set or they're basically going to all make the same arguments. And the arguments typically revolve around uh, they have the best fees. So some of them will charge you a monthly fee. Um, and then on top of that, they're going to charge you some sort of percentage, uh, maybe a, a transaction fee, if you will, between two and a half to 4% of a transaction fee. Some will charge you no fees at all. Uh, and it's just a monthly fee. Everybody's going to be different, but they're all going to be arguing about how their fees are, are so low that they're going to save you money. They'll even put a calculator on their website to tell you, put in your yearly t- uh, amount of budget that you normally get in terms of giving and then, hey, we're going to save you X amount of money. They are going to argue that they've got the best features. They've got all these great unique features, whether it's text to give a mobile app, or they've got a great web presence. And that is going to have people be more generous, which by the way, that's the new buzzword. It's generous. Be more generous with their giving to obviously help your bottom line and help your budget. Uh, they're going to also argue maybe a key feature set they're going to use that they integrate with whatever tools you currently are using. So if it's WordPress, they can install inside of WordPress. If you're using Fellowship One, maybe they integrate with Fellowship One. They're going to tell you, hey, whatever you got in your, your church database or your website, we can make it work. We're going to integrate with everything that you use. And then, of course, the last feature set a lot of them argue is that they're really mobile first, that they're the only true mobile platform. And it's funny how each of them will define it a certain way. Some will define it they're mobile first because they offer text to give. Some will define it because, guess what, they have a mobile app and they'll build your mobile app for you as part of the whole package. And some will say, we don't even do the mobile app or the text to give. We just have a really great web browser experience on your mobile device. So you can see there's a lot of these different feature sets. And it's really super easy 
to get bombarded on this. On top of that, if you start engaging these companies, you're going to find that you're going to be wined and dined. They're going to they're going to ask you a series of questions, and then once you fit into a certain category, they're going to want to hunt you down, and they're going to want to do everything they can to give you the best user experience possible because at the end of the day, they want you as a client. And so again, this is, in some ways, it can be very high pressure. If you're not used to this constant phone calls, emails, and you, when people find out that you're looking for an online giving platform, it can be really hard. Or even if you're looking to switch online giving platforms can be the same thing. If they can can steal you away from another company, you're going to find it can really easily turn into a very, very high purchase situation. So the question is, what do you do? What do you do when you have all these feature sets that are being pushed at you? You're getting emails, you're getting phone calls. You may even take take a coffee, maybe take a lunch or dinner if they're in town, if the representative's there. How do you handle all of that? So I'm going to give you a framework that I look through when I'm looking through uh, online giving platforms. And it really kind of, in, in general, kind of applies to any platform for that matter. But this is kind of tailored to how the framework I used when I was trying to figure out what would be the best online giving platform for us. So here's the framework. Framework is based around a series of questions. And these questions are what I used to kind of evaluate each platform. And it kind of helped me kind of figure out what, we could, what was going to be the best fit for us. So my first question is, is how do they make their money? Uh, do they make their money on transaction fees? Is it a monthly fee? Is it flat? And then, you know, or is it based on the number of givers we have, you know, incrementally it grows up with the more givers you have, your fees get larger. How are they making their money? Um, Are they a privately held company? In other words, you know, are they, they don't have stockholders or, you know, they don't, it's it's everything is, you know, maybe run by the CEO, sole ownership. How are they comprised? Who really actually owns them? Are they owned by a larger corporation? I want to kind of know these things. I want to know if they're publicly owned because if they're publicly owned, then they're chasing the stock price at that point. I want to kind of know how are they making their money? I prefer it be a small mom and pop operation in terms of how they make their money that it's just a, a few people and not a big conglomeration of things because that's really means that they're going to be driven towards more than likely a price point and driving to sales tactics that I'm probably going to feel uncomfortable with, especially if they're chasing the stock price. That can definitely be the case. So I want to ask like, hey, how do you guys make your money? And by the way, you may feel like rude by asking that question, but no, that's just being good with your church's money. So don't ever be afraid to say like, so hey, how do you guys make money? Uh, and also make sure you're getting a straightforward answer. If you get an answer you don't understand, say, I don't understand. You're going to have to explain it to me again until you understand how exactly it is they're making money off of you because it's really important for you to understand you know, you're about to give them uh, basically the keys to your budget, if you will, on a certain level in terms of taking money in. So you want to make sure you understand what does that look like? How are they making their money? You second question I want to ask is how long have they been around? I want to know that because I want to somebody, I want to find somebody who's going to be in this for the long haul, not somebody who just came with this idea. It's a quick way to make a buck. And the reality is, is they're not going to be here that much longer. I've worked with different companies in different other avenues and different other spaces that are related to the church world. They had really great ideas and they had a really strong six months and then they just collapsed because they didn't have enough cash to actually, you know, escape, have what they call escape velocity to get out there and actually really become a company that would be, you know, be around for a long time. So I want to make sure like how long you've been around, you know, I want to see what's your track record, you know, who are the customers that can call that have been using you for two to three years that you've got this really good track record of, of being around, being stable and knowing that you're, you're going to be there. You know, I'm not going to get an email from you that says, Hey, we're shutting down business tomorrow because X, Y, and Z. I want somebody with a long track record. So I want to know how long have they been around? I want to know who I can talk to when I've got issues. 
who am I talking to? Am I talking to a sales rep or am I talking to the guy who actually selling me on the system? A lot of times you'll get the CEO or the vice president who will do the sales pitch. He'll get you in, but you'll never talk to them ever again. You'll now get stuck with a sales rep who sometimes can on occasion feel like they're just operating off a script when you ask them questions. I want to know who am I going to be talking to? Who am I really going to be dealing with? Who are the really the decision makers that I'm really going to be going forth with back and forth? I don't want to deal with a sales rep. I want to deal with you know somebody who actually really can make decisions that can actually make things happen. I also want to know from a technical level, how do things work with our systems? How When they say they integrate, what does it mean when they integrate? Uh, when it comes to online giving, you really are kind of two different ways they integrate. One way is they do what's known as a batch sync. So let's say you're using Fellowship One. They would turn around and you could hit a button and then all, all of your giving from a Sunday would be synced into your system. So therefore, people can go into Fellowship One and then pull their receipts, you know, see how much they gave. Or they could log into the online giving portal to see what they gave there as well. Again, that can be kind of confusing for people. But at the same time for you, you kind of want a central dashboard. Your finance people want a central dashboard where they can see all giving, whether it's checks, cash, or online in a single place. So how are they going to be able to see that single dashboard? They're going to have to have some sort of sync tool that brings that in. So there's batch syncing, which means you're mainly going to have to push a button or they may automate it, but it may happen once a week or twice a week. And then you have like synchronous sync, which basically means they're syncing all the time. It's, it's, it's instantaneous sync. It's happening. The moment somebody puts a transaction in their system, automatically it gets synced to all the other systems as well. And your finance people will have a dashboard that's accurate up to the minute of exactly where giving's going. Now, obviously, I think you want to have something synchronized 24-7 as best as possible versus a batch sync. But you need to kind of clarify that because some will say that they impl- they integrate with your system, quote unquote, but really it's just a sync once a week. And you need to make sure that you're okay with that if that's the route you want to go, but you need to understand what they say when they say that they integrate with your system. Next thing is you need to know how they're going to onboard you. Uh, This is really important. Uh, How are they going to bring you on board? How are they going to bring you into their system? How are they going to help you bring your church into their system? How are they going to help you educate your people into doing that process. But more importantly, how are they going to onboard you? What's the onboarding process look like? What information do you have to give them? Do you have to turn around and give them like an Excel grid of all of your, you know, all of your givers so they can turn around and implement in their system? Or do the givers have to turn around and they have to create their own new accounts? These are the kind of things that you you may not think through when you just want to flip the switch and turn this on, but you need to think through what's their onboarding process look like and how long is the onboarding process? Because you want to take that timeline they're going to give you and you're going to work it backwards so you kind of know, okay, if it's a six-week onboarding process, I know my marketing, my communication for my church is going to be this long to kind of synchronize with the onboarding process. What's that look like? Um, especially if you already currently have a system that you're currently using. So let's say you're switching systems. You want to know what's the onboarding process look like of when, how long you keep the current system running before you force everybody over to the new system. So you kind of want to have those kind of dates locked down. So the more they give you a timeline, the better off you're going to be. So make sure you ask for a timeline and understand how their onboarding process works. And by the way, one of the things I think you ought to do within that is call previous customers to figure out what their onboarding experiences was and then ask them, what do you wish you'd done differently in terms of their onboarding experience? That's one of the things I did. I called three different churches that were roughly like us in terms of size and scope and culture and said, okay, you've used X company what do you think you wish you'd done differently? How the onboarding process worked and did it deliver on the promises? And it was great because I got really honest feedback, which was really, really, really good. And then the last question I want to know is, is how are they going to give me support from a marketing perspective? Am I going to have to create videos, 
all this collateral in terms of print, flyers, etc., um, slides to show my people, hey, we're onto a new system. Come on onto this, you know, come on board to this new online giving system. Or are they going to create a lot of that stuff for me? Or are they going to give me templates? What kind of collateral are they going to, or they're going to support me with? Or I'm going to have to do the whole thing by myself. That's, you know, it's not the final decision factor, but you do want to kind of know like, hey, what kind of support am I going to get from these people in terms of how the onboarding process will work in terms of from a marketing perspective? Okay, so the question you may be asking is, okay, great, but where did you land? Well, where we ended up landing for us was after I looked at everything that I was given. I was, you know, I had the typical coffees and dinners and meals with all these different companies trying to get, you know, our business to, you know, give them our offering and tithe to flow it through their system. I had to do a couple of things. One, I had to, I had to turn around and take away some of the things that they were saying were to be true. In other words, I had to eliminate some things that I don't believe they could fully guarantee to be true. For example, they would say, if you switch to our system, we promise that giving will go up by eight to 10%. Well, the reality is, is they can't prove that. Um, they can say that, Hey, yes, you know, your, your giving will go up if you go to online giving system, but they have no way of actually making that actually proving the hard data on that. For all we know, our online giving can go up because guess what? You know, we just, a lot of people had a really good year. And so therefore they gave more. We don't know. So I had to take a lot of this kind of what I thought was not really provable stuff and take it and take it off the table. And then ask the real question was, was what's really going to work best for our current situation in terms of integrating with our current systems? I didn't want to create this new disparate system out there that we had to really deal with that would be a pain. Well, because we use our church management database of ministry platform, I made the decision along with some other team members to go with onlinegiving.org. The reason why is, as I said, we use ministry platform and this is the one platform that integrates really tightly with it in terms of actual real time sync with our giving straight to ministry platform. On top of that, they had a whole lot of other features, uh, Facebook messenger chat bots, text message chat bots. They had a whole lot of feature sets that were, I think were really great that would also integrate with ministry platform as well. So I didn't feel like I was buying just a giving system. I was buying a whole mobile system that that could eventually talk to our ministry platform database, which is where we host all of our small groups, attendance, all that kind of stuff. And then on top of that, they were going to build me a mobile app that was going to talk to my church management database as well. It was going to pull up small groups, service opportunities. So like this whole suite of stuff that to me just made sense because it integrated with everything that we currently had. Now, onlinegiving.org is not the flashiest company. They're not going to, you know, they, they probably won't be at conventions trying to wow you with their big show booths and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, they did the best job of integrating with our current system. And when you took all the flash away and all the promises away and said, what do they actually really deliver on? And what do we know for a fact they really can do right now? Not promises of what they would be able to do, but what they currently do. And they just, at the end of the day, made sense for us. So that's why we went with them. And I, again, I took that framework, those questions that I, I walked you through. I took those questions and I kind of looked through that lens of, of all the companies. And at the end of the day, they just came out on top. And so that's what we're using right now. We're really happy with them. They're great people. But for you, you've got to figure out what works for you. You've got to figure out which of these systems works for you. you got to find a way to cut through all the noise, the whining and dining, if you will, and get down to what really is the thing that you know really matters to you. And what is, who's really going to give you the support and who can you go to go to sleep at night knowing feeling good about the fact that they're the ones handling that. And if you got a good feeling about that, you walk away feeling great about who you chose. That's wonderful. That's really what you need to know. You need to have that peace of mind. So we went online, we went with online giving.org because at the end of the day, I felt peace of mind. Everybody on the team did. We felt really good about it. I'm really happy with that decision. 
So that is part one. Part two will be coming out next week. Part two, we're gonna be diving into about mobile giving. We're gonna be talking about mobile giving, text to give versus the app. We're gonna talk about all those things and these claims and whether or not a lot of that stuff really matters at all. So stay tuned. That episode will be coming out next week. Until next week, you guys have a great week. Don't forget we're on iTunes. Check us out there. Subscribe. Give us a rating. We'd love that as well. Until then, you guys take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.